Hello, fellow and future dancers, and thanks for listening to the Dance Floor Podcast. I'm Lauren Johnson, and I'm very excited to have as my guest today, my good friend, Sergio Lopez. Sergio is an incredible person with incredible energy. For me, he radiates all things positivity and wellness and self-care, and that's mostly what we talk about in today's episode. In the midst of this social distancing and self-quarantining, it's focusing us to really understand the true meaning of getting to know ourselves. Sergio kind of guides us through that practice of checking in with yourself, understanding what meditation truly means, and creating a relationship with yourself. Hope you enjoy. So, Sergio, first of all, I just want to say welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Thanks for having me. This is my first podcast ever, so this is cool. So where exactly in California are you staying right now? People will say L.A., and then I like to tell people L.A. is like a big city like anything else, like a New York or Chicago, where you have all these mini little towns and I guess you could say villages. I live in Valley Village, which is like a small little town city in LA. It's pretty much like next to all the dance stuff, close to a lot of the main dance studios. LA is very central. Like you can get to Malibu in 30, 40 minutes. I can get to San Diego an hour and a half too. Um, so you're just surrounded by so much, but it, LA is like the central point, I would say, because auditions are in the area as well. So sometimes I have to be ready in half an hour to an hour to show up to a casting. So this just makes my life easy where I can just jump in the car and just drive to the casting office, which isn't far to these locations. So yeah, I mean, if you walk around my neighborhood, you're going to walk into like directors, you're going to walk into writers, you're going to walk into actors and actresses. This area is very central to film, television, and a lot of Hollywood work. So which cool too because when I got here I'm like okay I'm surrounded by dancers but then I would go to the coffee shop and I would see someone writing a script I would see two directors having a meeting about their next film I try to tell dancers before they move out here is you have to realize that you are moving to the dance world but the dance world is a small village in this giant city called Hollywood the biggest thing to my advantage moving out here was I was a little older than a lot of other dancers that sometimes come out here I came a few years after college instead of right after college I interned at an agency in Chicago to get my kind of my foot in the door to be like, all right, well, what is it like to be in the office of my agent? Like, what are they going through? What are they what are they experiencing from day to day? Everything's 50-50 out here. Not everything is I get out here and get work given to me. You have to give your side of the bargain just like everybody else. It's really like you have to give to get. One of the biggest stereotypes in the dance world is like as soon as you're past 25, you're just ancient and there's no point in you exactly. even trying to and, dance and anymore. And I'm glad you said that number because I moved when I was 25. Oh, that's so funny. Um, I wanted to move right after college. And I remember thinking hard about it and really contemplating it. And then for some reason, something told me that, hey, you should stay at home and teach dance full time, be a director. And I did that for two years and it just wasn't for me. I gave it an honest shot. I gave it two years. I gave my whole life to all my students and the craft. But at the end of the day, it was like I could still hear L.A. in the back of my head just calling you it's like when you do things you don't want to do and then the thing you want to do just keeps annoying you it's just like no you want to do this man so yeah, yeah. Um, it was always in the back of my head I left a lot of opportunities I left relationships I left my family but I'll never forget right before I moved I had a great job opportunity to open a company and do the whole directing thing and um, and was that in Chicago yeah we had a following it was gonna be successful in my opinion but I remember telling my mom and she looked at me and she said, you don't want to do that. You want to move to L.A. 
Wow. It's like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. I mean, mothers is a whole nother subject we can get into, but <laughs> it, I mean, in a good way. But my mom was just she was the medicine that I didn't want to take. Well, your mom sounds awesome. Yeah. You know, she's an angel. I I, that, I could talk about her for the whole podcast, but <laughs> we'll do a special podcast just on your mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, moms in general, I mean, superheroes. But I remember and I'm like, OK, if, if my mom's saying this, there's something there's just something to it because she I mean, our, our mothers, I feel, truly know us the best, both of our parents. But I mean, mothers create you. So there's almost that little bond that no one else has with you. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And you know, what's funny is I feel like I remember specifically you telling me stories about your parents and how they still hold hands. I weirdly remember that your dad's name is Jesse. Is that right? Yes. Wow, your memory is awesome. No, but it was like because the stories that you told me about your parents were just really just memorable and and cool and like that you had such a great relationship and such a great bond with them. And I just, I love that. It was really, I always tell people, my mom taught me how to love. My dad taught me how to work. That balance really helped. I mean, my dad was an immigrant, came from Mexico when he was in his teens, early 20s and, and just came here with nothing and just figured it out type of thing. Our ancestors, even even my parents, my dad went through a lot just to do this. The way my dad did it more so helped me respect it, not fear it. What do you feel like the big difference is between those two things? It's just the way you say it and the actions. I mean, my dad's a very action person, so um, everything's done through his actions. Every every way of communicating things is through his actions. So it, it's hard to put into words. You could just feel it because everything that was done was done for us. I can't make that up or I can't deny that. Like that is the truth. Like I could tell he woke up and went to work every day for us. That really helped me to, as an adult, understand that because my dad grew up a farmer, the very typical farm life, but it's very difficult, very hard. And and it's almost like a whole different reality nowadays. So to understand that mindset, because I could still feel him carried around with him, you know, in a good way. Like I could see, I, sometimes I'm like, man, you're such a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> like not even, not even in a sense where like, he's actually like growing things. He does that, but more so just his attitude and his actions. Wow. That's so interesting. I mean, it's going to happen. So I'm just going to say it, even in this quarantine, we, it's happening. So even in this quarantine, I find myself very relaxed and peaceful. And I know it's to do because of my inner work and the things I've been doing for myself, but also it comes from him because I've never seen that man stressed, you know, I mean, I've seen him upset. I've seen him like angry about things, but never to the point, you know, when like that ultimate adult stress, you're like, you just given up. You're like, everything's too hard. Yeah. We're so familiar with that. Thank you. Yeah. Like for me, it was just like, it brushed off his shoulder. Like, how do you do this? Yeah. And I mean, we do have to kind of talk about the elephant in the room. So I guess for posterity, if anyone is listening to this podcast in the future, what's happening today is we are all currently into the start of our second week of social distancing and and self-quarantining because of the uh, COVID-19 coronavirus. And this is possibly such a challenge for us because this concept of being still and being reflective and self-care is such a challenge. And that's actually, honestly, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you specifically this week, because Mm -hmm. when I think of you, I think of self-care, I think of meditation, I think of plants, I think of that book that you recommended for me to read, which was super trippy and I loved it, was um, Food of the Gods by, uh, is it Terrence McKenna? That's how I knew, like, okay, Lauren's a real one. (laughs) 
You didn't. You, were, you weren't scared. You were asking questions. No, like, it was okay, fascinating. Awesome. There were some parts it was difficult for me to get through, but it was eye opening. And th- so those are the things that I think about when I think of you. I think of open mindedness, and I think of love, and I think of peace. And I just I feel very fortunate to know you, even though we don't get to connect in person as much now as we used to mm-hmm. when we worked together. I I feel very fortunate to know you. I feel like you have such a positive energy. Thank you, and I feel the same about you, which which is a great thing. You're you're great at recognizing beauty. And what I think, too, is remembering that you have so much as well in your in yourself, too. You know, like you radiate that light so much because, I mean, we know each other, but we don't know each other. So yeah. um, to me, even ta- even that book, that situation, not situation, but event was a very good example, because most of the time someone will ask and I won't even open my mouth. I'm like, oh, it's a book. You can look at it if you want, just because <laughs> sometimes the human side of me is like, you know, what's going to happen? You know what they're going to say? You know, you know, and, and it's, and it, it's right. a bad, it, it's a, sometimes it's not the best mindset to have, but sometimes I know that feeling though of yeah. not wanting to share because you know what the results are going to be. And then yeah, it, yeah, it does yeah. damage and, your ego yeah, a little it's bit. Like yeah. My ego won that day, but it's cool. So, but, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good reminder, like, Hey, you know what? Take a chance on somebody because in that moment, like I knew you, but I didn't know you, but even just seeing your excitement in it really excited me to talk to you more. And it's just like the connection of it all and just how sometimes like a reminder of myself, like, hey, maybe you should talk about the things you enjoy more. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to open up that vulnerable side to you if there is something that, you know, you're reading or that you're interested in that's not super normal and then you are afraid to share it with someone. You never know, you take a chance. Sometimes (laughs) you get rejected or people aren't interested in what you have to say, but sometimes it, it does work out. And I got to know you a little bit better. The the story behind how Sergio and I met is we both worked for, or you currently still work for, a dance competition company called Hall of Fame. The interesting thing about working for a dance competition company is you work really long hours. Mm-hmm. It's very condensed time, but it's, it's extremely, it's hard to describe. When you work 16 hours a day with someone, you are either gonna like be best friends forever, or you're gonna completely hate them. And there's yeah, really yeah. like no in between because it's, it can can be a really fun environment but it can also be kind of stressful and mm-hmm. at the time you were DJing for the competition and I was doing photography for the competition so what was really cool is when we were working together on the same weekend we would often get to sit together for those 16 hours a day oh, exactly. like oh, right yeah, yeah. next to each other <laughs> closest human to me it exactly <laughs> yeah so you know we could kind of vibe off of each other's energy sometimes it was even just a matter of like me looking over at you making eye contact with you and going okay like he's my person he's right next we're to me we're still alive we're still alive <laughs> We can get through this. We can get some caffeine. We'll be fine. You know, it's actually kind of sad because if I still worked for Hall of Fame, I probably wouldn't work with you as much anymore because you would be doing photography as well now. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. It's very true. It's funny, too, because it's funny you mentioned that things have switched up in the sense where now I see some people and now I don't see them at all. It's really, now I like I don't see any of the photographers. Yeah, because there's <laughs> okay. multiple competitions going on every weekend. So you're not always with the same staff. You're getting kind of moved and juggled around. And shout out, by the way, to all of our Hall of Fame and League of champion friends oh, if they're listening. I miss you guys. Yeah. I knew it was going to be more than a job when I signed up for it. That's why I signed up for it because yeah. I didn't want just a job. I wanted something. I want so much more out of these things. So, and it became that. It became family. I mean, even now, this today, we have to give credit to Hall of Fame. When we would, when would we have ever cross paths? Never. So like we could have crossed paths, but we would, would we have conversated? Would we have talked about my book? Would we have talked about your dancing? Like I try to view these, these things as more. So I'd really try to do more things, especially work nowadays. And being a dancer taught me this is you can pick and choose your job sometimes. 
I mean, it's not always the great a privilege we all have and carry, but if you get yourself into a good position and it's your goal, you can get in a place where you can pick and choose work, where you pick and choose it based off of if it makes you feel good or not. And I think that kind of totally ties us back into what you were talking about, leaving that opportunity in Chicago, even though you were like convinced it was going to be a great opportunity and it was going to be successful and your decision to move to LA because that was where you were truly being pulled. What were your first feelings when you moved to LA? Was there any doubt? Was there any regret? Was there any like fear as you were going, wait, what opportunities did I miss out in Chicago? Chicago. How did you feel at first when you got there? I love this question because I had a really, really positive moment when I first got here. First got here, I moved with my best friend. We've known each other since we were 12. So that's a, it's a very long time. Just to let alone that we got to move here together was huge. I mean, he's, he's like my brother. So he feels like part of my family. He calls my parents Ma and Pa. So that's that tell you like our relationship. Right. That's tight. Yeah. So that was already I'm like, wow, OK, this is scary. This is huge. I'm moving across the country. I'm, I'm pursuing a career that everyone thinks is a joke like this is this is hard but I have my best friend next to me so like all right let's keep moving forward we drove there drove across the country which I recommend everyone drive across this country at least once in life you get to see it in a whole different light it's beautiful but we got here Halloween one of the first feelings I had obviously it was a little scary of course but I love fear it, it does so much in good things to us one of the first things that popped into my mind was like wow I found my home. I found where I belong. It was beyond the dancing. Like it was way beyond. I realized this whole time that dance just got me here. I don't think I'm here to dance. I'm here to do more or explore more, more of life. But dance was the bridge. Now, be honest. Did any of it have to do with the weather? <laughs> no. I feel like that I, was a big part of it for you. <laughs> that's the thing is, I mean, I got so used to Illinois weather. Obviously, I mean, the winters are tough, but I mean, you get 25 years of it. You get used to it. And it's just <laughs> you expect it. It was more so the nature out here. I If I didn't move to L.A., I would have moved downtown Chicago and lived the city life. I was tied to the city. I loved it. I thought I was a city guy. And I got to L.A. and I saw I saw mountains. I saw hikes. I saw beaches. I saw rivers. I saw waterfalls and I realized that I'm a nature person. That's honestly one of my favorite things about your social media is like you're on the beach. And I just feel like I look forward to seeing those photos that you post or like videos of just the waves kind of rolling in. And I'm just like, wow, that's so peaceful. It's so beautiful. And you have such a diverse range of nature there. Oh, no, it's exactly. I mean, even people ask like, oh, where are you going to go on vacation this year? Where's where's your next destination? And I tell them I drive two hours north to a forest preserve in LA and there's all I, all I have is there. Like it, that's a good thing about, I think just the West Coast in general is you can drive any direction. You're going to hit something amazing. But I have to admit though, there's something, I don't know if it came from the 70s and 60s because of the whole hippie movement, but they're just a different way of thinking out here that I feel more than anywhere else. And that's what keeps me here. It gets me to really good things and good people. And not just like good things and good people, but things and people that connect more with who I am. I am the person I am today because of moving here and living here and everything that has come from just packing up and leaving home. Well, it's like you said, when you first got there, you felt like you were home. And obviously, I know it's a cliche, but home isn't a place, it's a feeling. I don't know if everyone always gets to that place where they're like, oh, this is my center, this is my home. But it sounds like that's what you connected with in LA or California in general. And that's pretty special. People do leave their home, people do move to different places. But I still feel like the majority's still stays where they were born in a way, which yeah. is fine. I think that's very, very much like animal-like of us to stay in our territory. But sometimes people will ask me in a sense of, hey, what can I do different? I'm feeling down. I'm not, I'm not inspired, blah, 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 blah. And sometimes my first sentence will be, 
Or my first question will be, have you ever thought about moving away? Have you ever thought about trying a new city? Because sometimes it may be the same situation as me where your home is your home. My family's still in Illinois and they'll, and they'll be always be there and we'll always have that connection. And I can't replace them with anything like that's impossible. But at the same time, too, I have to respect that as a person, my energy just does better in a place like California. Yeah. And you're obviously very connected to your family, too. So I think it says a lot that you were able to move away from your family, even though you're so connected to them, because we do have these, whether it's like a blood family or a friend group family, we do have these attachments to people. But then you also want to consider yourself as a unit, too, and like what's going to be best for you outside of those relationships, which is sometimes really challenging. No, it's exactly. And even when the head of the house, the, the queen, my mom was telling me, that you have to go do this, that's how I knew. Because if anything, you would think your mom would want to keep you home, this or that, but that's how I knew ultimately there was just bigger things going on. I don't I don't I don't like the words destiny and fate because I feel like they've been tampered with, but I do feel like though the concept still plays a good part in life where we're meant to be somewhere. Sometimes we're meant to be doing something, but we don't even always know or we don't always find it in, in this lifetime. So sometimes we need people just to say it out loud to us, you know, or really remind us. And that was great with the family thing. And then we actually grew closer when I left. Why do you think that is? I can tell you from my perspective, it was definitely because all those years being next to them and always having access to them and being footsteps or drive away, you, we take advantage or we just don't realize how awesome that is because you you're so used granted. to it. Yeah. Exactly. Best way to put it. So in those years before I moved, I can definitely admit that I took my family for granted because it just got so used to it. And also, that's another thing about leaving home is you really don't have anything to compare your life with. And not a meeting in a good, in a comparing like what's better, what's worse, but more so like comparing to show yourself like, hey, there's other things out there. My family's awesome because we're so close and we have the relationships and we do these things, but now I don't have them. It is a little sad. You can't deny that, but it just really, really made me appreciate everything so much more. People will think I'm crazy, but when something bad happens, I always, I cheer. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> that and, is weird. And, Why do you cheer? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Everything bad, everything negative, every, those, I, I really think sometimes language holds us back because we put these definitions on these words and we're just, we set them in stone. When someone says bad, your I mean your heart stops. Like like not literally, but like your energy is like, okay, bad, what do we bad means wrong, ugly. We're just preconditioned to feel that way. Thank you. But but really, I mean, best example for me, when I first moved here, my first week was bad. I was sad, I was depressed, I was lonely, like I didn't know what was happening. Literally, like I was I was going about my day, I was eating, I was sleeping, I was showering but like mentally I didn't know what was going on but then it was a gateway because when you when something really bad happens I tell people go meditate I don't mean go meditate to be like oh just go sit inside by yourself and close your eyes I mean go face what makes you feel this way like why do you feel bad about it not meaning that there's like a ghost or a demon type of thing but more so allowing yourself to connect with like okay why do I feel this way when you feel something Take the time to understand it. Well, and it's funny because you're talking so much about taking things for granted and your family and those connections. And I feel like, weirdly enough, I'm, I'm without us even intentionally going there, it's exactly how so many of us are feeling with the social distancing right now. There's just so many small things in life that we always take for granted. The availability to connect with people, the availability to 
be out <laughs> just outside of your house. Exactly. How are you dealing with the social distancing? Do you live by yourself? Do you live with other people? Like, how are you managing the whole situation? The best management I've had is just always, I always tell people, this is how I live and this is what's helped me in this situation is you have to become best friends with yourself. Wow. Because it's it's one or the other. Either your best friends or your worst enemies. I feel like we ignore ourselves so much. <laughs> like Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and what do you do? You ignore enemies. So yeah. like all this is just a big check-in. Like, how are you doing? Um, this may this may have people be like cringe at me for a second, but let me explain <laughs> myself. Is I think Trump becoming president was one of the greatest things that could happen to our country only because it was a reflection of America. I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm not saying your neighbors are. A reflection in the sense of like Trump, I think, holds most of our values that right now we treasure over other things. And he just showed it to us in a really clear, dirty, ugly way, which what which is what inner work feels like. Meditation is ugly. It's dirty. Sometimes I'll cry and there's snot falling down my nose. And like, <laughs> it's a mess. Like, I'll be yeah. the first to admit, like, self-work, inner work, everyone, everyone views it as these beautiful quotes with nature and animals and everyone's clapping and singing. It's dirty and nasty because you find so much crap inside of you that you have to get out because we store energy. Because at this point, as individual as we are and as, as solo as we are, we all live our lives and blah, 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 blah. If anyone's to think that we're not connected, you're, you're not just delusional, but you're also doing yourself a really harmful um, act but not allowing yourself to feel connected to everybody else. Yes, we are separated. Yes, we're at social distancing, but some of us are talking more to people than we ever have before. I've had people I didn't even, I haven't talked to in years check up on me. I think that that's so amazing. And it's fascinating because is it just boredom? Is it just that we have so much free time and we're like, well, what can I do? I'm, I'm, I'm sick of looking at my phone. Am I reaching out to people? Like, what is the reason behind that? I mean, to me, because I mean, I like to do retreats. I like to do getaway. Ways. I like to do gatherings like I like to do those things for inner work and like all the self-care stuff I'm a big person on coming together and working together this just feels like a two month or however long this quarantine and it feels like a long retreat to me they take everything away from you like not physically but like I mean everything like you have you only have yourself to turn to so this is the same thing really because you you don't have as many options to turn to for distractions anymore. Best example, in America, it, it just seems like work is now a distraction. Work is now medicine to people. Work is now poison to people. It's not just your job anymore. People tie so much into it. It's every For some people, it's everything they have is their job. Because what's one of the first questions you ask somebody when you first meet them in small talk? What, what do, you do? do you do? Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. I've tried to stop asking people that because it allows room for better questions and more things to actually get to know who you are. Well, and there's so many people that don't like to be defined by what they do. I, I actually have students of mine, there's not really a need for me to ask them what they do for a living, but based on some of the questions that they ask me, like if like if someone's asking me specific measurements of a rotation or whatever, and my first thing is to say, oh, are you an engineer? And then sometimes people actually, they are always an engineer, by the way, but yeah. <laughs> sometimes people get offended by it because they don't like to be identified by those specific the characteristics of what they do for a living because we are so much more than that and some people like to be defined by that mm. some people are like yeah I'm totally type A and this is why I'm good at finance but I think for a lot of us we want to be seen outside of that that sort of daily grind but it's it's yes. challenging because that's what we spend so much of our time doing so I think with this quarantine is just use a different word for it if, if I tell people is use it as 
oh, this is going to be a two month retreat for me. This is a, this is a, or this is just a two month nothing for me. Like, cause nothing scares everybody, but nothing is awesome. Why can't we do nothing all day? <laughs> why can't? <laughs> because like, we'll explode. Why? We'll just exactly, exactly, exactly. die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you're, everyone thinks like something's bad is going to happen, but really like nothingness is awesome. And even I'm sure we all have seen that meme, like quarantine life is just the normal life that I've been living. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, Those are people like you who are like, I'm yeah. <laughs> okay with my own company and I can be by myself yeah. and it's fine. As much as I want to think of myself as an open-minded person and open to new ideas and experiences, something that I do really struggle with is maybe not necessarily my own company because I'm fantastic, but it's more just the stillness that I struggle with. Mm. And what does stillness mean? Well, stillness is, so here's an example. I'm new to meditation. So I've only been meditating consistently and regularly for like a year and a half. I think actually you were one of the people that I messaged and said like, ah, I need to start meditating. What should I do? I actually remember that that message. It's awesome. (laughs) So, well, the, the struggle for me is that it's it has been recommended to me to meditate by many people for several years. I never was able to find a meditation that either worked for me or that I was able to do consistently. And I did finally land on one that, like I said, for the past like year and a half I've been doing. And for this type of meditation, the transcendental meditation that I do, Ooh, it's good, good decision, by the way. It's, yeah. yeah, it was it, it was a challenge because I think one of the um, stigmas on it is that it's not free. You do pay a teacher to to teach you how to do it. And um, so that for me was I was like, no, meditation should be free. There's free apps of it everywhere. But yes, actually, exactly. interestingly enough, as a dance teacher, I'm one of the advocates to say that, hey, it's not always a great idea to <laughs> learn things off of YouTube or to learn things for free. Oh, sometimes, it's, it. yes. you know, sometimes <laughs> it is good to have a teacher, especially if this is something that's going to be part of your everyday practice and you're going to be doing this every day of your life it's maybe not a bad idea to invest in having a teacher teach you the right methods for it and oddly enough it also was one of the motivators to keep me consistent at first because I was like I paid money for this wow I need to stick with it exactly yes but for me, the stillness is with transcendental meditation, you meditate twice a day for 20 minutes. The whole concept behind it, if, I, if I'm not going to be able to articulate this as well, if, if anyone's interested in this type of meditation, you can go to tm.org and it, it explains it a lot better. But the concept behind it is that you let your thoughts come naturally. You don't You don't necessarily try to focus on your breathing. You don't try to quiet your mind. You You just... Like you said, you just sit in your own company for 20 minutes. You you have a mantra that you can kind of come back and, and revisit if you think about it, if you don't mm-hmm. think about it. Even though I'm doing it every day and I've been able to stay consistent with this type of meditation, it's a challenge for me to sit in that stillness of just letting my own thoughts sort of bubble up and pop as they go and letting it happen naturally and not Mm -hmm. trying is a challenge for me. Meditation has taught me to be still as you walk around. Sometimes we think stillness is more so being like not moving, not not doing anything, but more so stillness. I view it as stillness in the mind, being able to be relaxed throughout the day and peaceful. Now I can navigate differently through my everyday life because at the end of the day, I still like Netflix. I still have my favorite shows. Like I still like to go get my iced coffee at Blue Bottle. Like I still like to do human things. Like people think like I am a monk sometimes. I'm like, no, <laughs> guys, I like I had a beer last night too. Like it's cool. Like you're not living okay. on top of a mountain just in no, silence, no. just no, communicating not. with the wind. 
the thing is, is more so I'm doing that inside. Like, I, in, like mentally, my energy feels that way. You start to realize too, like everything outside of you affects that as well. So you just start to become a little more, I'm not cautious, but understanding of everything you do, every, everyone you talk to, everything you eat, everything you don't eat, everything is affecting you. So you have to be a little more weary of your temple. And that's what meditation taught me as well, is just respecting my body and my mind more. So I still may want to go see my favorite DJ, but I, if I know the crowd is going to be just sloppy and nasty, then I don't go. Like it's, it's, it's doing things like that, like holding yourself accountable. Like, you know, this situation isn't going to be the best for you, then don't go because right. afterwards, you know, you know, you're going to feel like, like shit. So why even put yourself through that? It just makes yourself more accountable for your actions. That way you can always either give yourself credit or blame yourself, but you, you don't have to blame somebody else because really you are in control of your feelings at all times. Like I said, this practice that we keep talking about ultimately taught me to just be more accountable for who I am. And then and you just hold responsibility for your actions. That way you're always doing things that you want to do. And hopefully those are things that lead you to the happiness that we're all seeking, you know, so. I think that's an incredibly profound viewpoint because we do put a lot of responsibility, blame, however you want to think of it, onto other people that are in our lives. And just you saying we need to be responsible for our feelings and we need to take accountability for that is really powerful. I think especially in, in my career, you know, working with partners, working with dance partners, it's very easy to get your life revolved around another person. And, and this could be your mm. partner in life. This could be a business partner. And it kind of goes back to this concept of we need to be comfortable in our own company as well that you were talking oh, God, about yeah. earlier. Mm -hmm. And I, I think so many of us aren't. I, I think it's sad to say that. I, I don't think it's a self-esteem issue. I think it's something completely different. I don't know how to articulate it, but I do feel like it, it is a challenge for us to take responsibility for our own feelings, for our own actions without sort of blaming the outside world for that. Most definitely. If I could pick a year for all these world events happening that there are happening now in terms of a virus and um, a quarantine type of situation, I'm glad it's happening in 2020 and nowhere else because we're ready. Right now, I feel like we are ready for something like this to happen because this year and last year, we've seen a rise in people just really digging deep into their own practices. I mean, yoga is another topic. It has gotten a little trendy, but at the end of the day, I'd rather have positive, healthy things be trendy than unhealthy. You know, I'd rather have everyone be going to yoga and kind of thinking it's cool and slightly bragging about it than everyone going to like the <laughs> shooting range and talking about the new gun they bought. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'll take this over anything else. I'll take it. But just seeing through social media, people are challenging. I mean, it's as small as this may seem and to some people really dumb. You have to look at the bigger picture. Let's take let's take the push-up challenge everyone's doing, for example. If no one's seen it yet, I'm sure you have. If you have an Instagram, you do 10 push-ups and you nominate everyone else to do them. It may seem silly and dumb, but at the end of the day, what is it doing? It's connecting everybody. It's making people do 10 push-ups. Like that's 10 more than you did yesterday. You know, like we're in a good place for this to happen because a lot of people are digging deep back into these practices, into the meditation, into the self-care. I mean, nowadays we see the trends coming into more positive light. So we're equipped for something like this to happen because now you all have your yoga practices. You guys all have your meditation practices. Everyone has a podcast that they love. I mean, Netflix is full of a lot of different things, but you can find a good documentary on there that'll teach you something. This is leading you to the book you never read. 
we're we're in a good place for it because I feel like in the last year or two there has been a huge surplus and wave of everyone connecting back to these really cool practices that we talk about. You know, I mean nowadays everyone talking about what'd you do for your sixth day of quarantine? You see meditation on everyone's list. Yeah. It's fucking huge. Like that's huge. Like these are the these are the waves, these are the miracles and the waves that everyone is always waiting for and asking for. It's right here. This is why we need quote bad things to happen. Because if not, I mean, imagine if none of this would have happened in the last two weeks, how long would it have taken us to all realize that, hey, we're all meditating. Hey, we're all really connected. Instagram isn't just for selfies and and business. It's also to keep us all together. But would we have had that insight if we had nothing, if we didn't lose it all? When something bad happens, all you do is think about all the good things you've either had or you're going to lose, which may not be the best inspiration, but it reminds you of like the things you actually care about. When they had everyone panicking those couple days, I think it's gone. It's gotten a little better in our country, but those couple days when everything just shut down, people were scared, but it made everyone come together. One of my favorite actors, name Yuval Noah Harari, he wrote Sapiens. Everyone should read it, but this is my opinion. Um, he said it best. We only survive this long as humans because we work together. Even in a tribal sense back then, let's take away all this stuff and let's say we're cavemen again, um, like the Flintstones. If, if you and I were traveling alone, we would die. A saber-toothed tiger would take us out and an elephant would stomp on us. But if you and I are working together, imagine how much longer we would survive. So... And no other animals on this planet have done it as good as us or else elephants would be building cities as well. <laughs> so that's the thing is a quarantine. I'll take a quarantine every year for the rest of my life because I feel like Mother Earth pressed pause. It's just reminding us like, hey, why don't we just stop for two weeks or two months? I think some of us need a two month break to be real with you. I mean, that's just my opinion. But when I view it that way, it helps me just really look around and smile instead of look around and be scared. To be honest, though, I feel like what you just said is exactly what I needed to hear because it's it's challenging when you go through times like this where it's not even about the social distancing or the quarantine it's about the uncertainty of what this is this is something completely new in our lifetimes for sure that we've never mm -hmm. experienced anything like this before and it's very easy to fall down this black hole I, i'm sure you're experiencing the same you know financial difficulties that i am as as people that work in a creative industry not knowing yeah. where the money's going to come from not having a purpose. I've actually, there's this podcaster that I really like where she talks about how the opposite of depression is purpose. And I actually completely agree with Ooh. that. It's, it's really profound and you have to kind of think about it for a second, but I a hundred percent agree with that. And I actually had kind of a low day yesterday where I was just like, wow, this is really challenging for me. Someone who doesn't really like to even sit still long enough to meditate in the way that I do and not having a purpose it was a little bit hard, but all of these things that you're saying right now, you can have a purpose outside of your job, outside of finances, outside of your normal social circle, or you can find a different way to connect with people and even more so importantly, connecting with yourself. And that's one of the things that I was just like, oh, I'm so excited to talk to Sergio today because you have this really unique ability to find positivity in things. And I think that's what I, I hope if anyone is listening to the podcast, I hope that's what they get from it. And I, I did kind of want to ask you, we, we, we have so many different things that we can talk about. I, I hope that you like podcasting with me because I want you to be on 10 other episodes. This is fun, man. <laughs> well, and obviously I feel like with, with everything that we're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis right now with the, the social distancing, obviously that's where our conversation has gone. But one of the things that I would like to ask you about specifically 
you have a really great command on self-care and you've been practicing this in your lifestyle for a long time. Maybe some of the people that are sort of forced into thinking about self-care now because they have so much free time. Oh, for sure, yeah. What would your advice be to the average person who has been kind of going about their life, working, maybe not thinking about that relationship with themselves? What would your advice be to that person? Like, what are some first steps that they could take in a very real way for them? The first one is, like I said, that question I brought up earlier, usually the first question I ask to people or the things I'll say to people is, you either become your best friend, your own worst enemy. And Mm -hmm. once you really figure out which one you are in that moment to yourself, it unfolds like what's really happening. I think the only problem when it comes to these practices is there's still these red flags on these words. Uh, You haven't heard me say it yet. And usually I don't like to say the word because it has too many ties to it. But spirituality is the word I don't like to use very often only because it's been saturated. Even when you say meditation, you you can scare somebody. You can, I mean, the record still stops when you say that in the room sometimes. You know, you can just see their eyes glaze over. Oh yeah. The reason I don't like spirituality is because people once again, things start to place rules on them. That's another reason I haven't done a lot of like getting certified in things. I don't like rules and I don't like being told what to do very often. I like to do, I like to be given something and let me go do it. I love that. Yeah. If I have a question, I'll ask you, but let me learn first. Let me get dirty and then tell me where I can't step, but I have to step there first because really meditation to me is just a gateway to you. It just gets you to you. It doesn't, it doesn't, take you to a far off land. It doesn't, it makes you figure out more about yourself. And I think that's why meditation works so well is because when you become more comfortable with who you are, life is easier because you're confident. You're now, now you laugh at the things you do wrong. You don't hate yourself for them. Like you make mistakes and you realize that like, you just want to have fun and play. Everyone wants to feel good. If you don't, I mean, I strongly believe you're lying. Every living creature wants to feel good. So it's just about reaching those steps and not getting caught up in the details. You have to find a way to reconnect with yourself. That's all it is. You can meditate wherever, however, whenever. Like I'll, I'll meditate standing in line at Trader Joe's. You know, I don't have my eyes closed and I'm not my hand in prayer stance. But it's more so I'm just standing there connecting with myself and looking inside of myself, but still being present to the cashier. Does that make sense? The only thing that really you know is real is yourself. That connection to yourself is so important in our lives. And it's just like you said, we're such unique individuals from person to person. There's no two people exactly the same. And and how you go about self-care or how you go about meditation even is going to be unique to you. What works for me it doesn't necessarily work for other people. I mean, even just even you talking about the concept of like meditating, walking around or doing things in your normal life, already my brain is just like throbbing. I'm like, no, you have to sit down. Can you, med-? you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so exactly. like yeah, that exactly. type of meditation, I'm I'm so easily distracted and I'm so like busy in my mind all the time. That type of very open-minded, fluid meditation would, would never have worked for me as soon as I would start thinking about meditating in the line at Trader Joe's, like it, it would be impossible for me. Even just this idea of like, okay, the meditation that works for Sergio or the meditation 
situation that works for Lauren, that's that's got to be your own decision and find something that works. Find something that you're not dreading. Make it something that's a positive influence in your life, something that you look forward to, checking in with yourself and making sure that you're exactly. okay. It's it's the tough times for the good times. Everything the good and the bad, you know, it's the you need you need both because if everything was good all the time, then we would just lose sense of that and it would just become normal and nothing would be special anymore. Oh my God, that's so funny you just said that. My husband says that to me all the time. He like oh, almost word guy. for word what you just said. And I'm always just, <laughs> I'm always like fighting him on it. And I'm like, no, happy times all the time. But, <laughs> yeah. but you guys are right. And it's very easy for us to get apathetic about things when we're not personally touched by them, whether that's political or social issues, however you want to think of it. It's very easy for us to not care because things don't affect us on a day-to-day -day basis. Whereas with this quarantine and the social distancing, there's not a single person in this country that's not being affected by it. And it's it's touching yeah. us all in this really profound way. And in a good or a bad way, however you want to take it, it's going to give us all perspective. And, and hopefully we come out on the other side of it, having improved and having maybe not taking things for granted that we have been all this time. I love things that remind me that I'm human. You know, it's just really being reminded that we're, we only have so much time on this planet. We only have so much time to experience this body. So the reminders really help because then you just take advantage of the time that you are given and that's all. Another bad thing that turned into good is this virus is a reminder that you're all connected. We're all connected. We're all living this together on this one planet and we're all connected no matter what. You're just like Dr. Sergio right now because I just <laughs> think that it's so, so much of what you're saying is what me as a person, and I know so many people that I know needed to hear this too, this this concept of while we're having this moment of enforced social distancing, going back to everything you've said today, having this imposed on us and in maybe in a positive way, or maybe we can see it in a positive way is is hopefully going to change some of those behaviors and make make people that haven't been as in tune with their self care or their relationship with themselves, make them feel that connection a little bit more. That's the only thing that's going to get you through this situation. More so you're not being stuck inside, you're being forced to go inside of yourself, holding yourself accountable. Are you going to challenge yourself in that way? Or are you just going to use this as a way to catch up on Netflix, which both is cool. Don't get me wrong, but don't get mad at the end of this if you still feel down and you didn't do any of the work that you had plenty of time to do. People are doing really positive things. Like even, I, I know everyone seems to be painting, but that's so cool. When's the last time everyone just stopped and painted for a day, you know? And yeah. we're realizing that we have a lot of artists around us. It's as small as that. So just trying to enjoy everything for that is part of life and everything needs to have its peace or you don't have a full picture. I want to thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to do this with me today because, like I said, I, I was having some down times, like even just yesterday, feeling a little bit locked in and talking to you and getting all this advice from you has just been just been really valuable and incredible. And I just appreciate you taking the time to do this today. Of course, it was so much fun. Thanks for asking. And yesterday I'm walking around my apartment. I'm like, what am I going to say? What do I not say? What do I do say? But then this was a great lesson to me of just like, you're going to say the right things. You're fine. And a big thanks to everyone who's listened to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you'd like to stay in touch, shoot me an email at hello at thedancefloor.info. Also, don't forget to hit subscribe. And if you have the time and you enjoy the show, if you could give me a rating as well, that really helps out. And to everyone listening, stay healthy, stay at home, and hopefully we'll all be able to dance together soon. 